0: Forty-three eighty, Pro Group Management. Workers' comp that works for you.
1: More lawyer, less fee.
2: I'm attorney Paul Powell. Have you been injured in a crash? Do you want to win your case? Do you want the insurance companies saying, It's Paul Powell! Of course you do. I've spent almost 20 years helping injury victims get paid, and I for sure can help you.
3: If you're tired of greedy lawyers, call 728-5500 or go to paulpowell.com.
4: I really can help
3: Lawyer, less
4: fee. Some restrictions apply. Never miss another show. Stream us live or listen to past podcasts 24-7 at LBSportsNetwork.com. This is Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, KRLV Las Vegas.
3: Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Unnecessary Roughness.
5: Caught at the 20, racing near sideline 10, turn to
3: the 5. Raiders.
5: The crowd applauds because
3: Las Vegas just win, baby. Unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Here's your boy Q.
5: Just got some sound from Clay Baker from the Raiders locker room. He sent over a one-on-one conversation with Jaronis Grasu, the offensive lineman for the Raiders. So we'll hear that conversation, him and Clay Baker, coming up at 315. Joining us now on the phone lines, though, the director of football operations for East and West Shrine Bowl game is our friend Eric Galco And, Eric, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. We definitely appreciate you. And last time we talked to you, we were talking about uh, the tickets going on sale for the Shrine Bowl, which is happening on Thursday, February 2nd at Allegiant Stadium. Now the rosters are coming together and a lot of people are inv- <laughs> accepting their invites. How exciting is it that now everything's really starting to come together?
4: No, it's great. It's, it's, it's time now that these players have all but one game left in the college ball season, so every player is kind of looking at the NFL future coming out in this year's draft. We're excited to have first, second, third-round draft picks, future NFL starting quarterback. The next Brock Purdy, hopefully we'll see. But A lot of really good players locked in getting get their spots in it.
5: Yeah, and a lot of good players are going to be playing in, in the national championship game on Monday night, uh, TCU in Georgia, and Travis Hodges-Tomlinson, a guy that I covered in high school when he was at Midway High School back in Texas, and, and Robert Beal from Georgia, the linebacker, they're going to be at the East-West Shrine Bowl. I mean, these are guys that are going to be playing for the national championship. How 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 much can they build their stock by being there?
4: Yeah, it's a lot of fun, too. I talked about those guys this uh a little bit earlier and say actually I just kinda of wish good luck and the folks in the game the national championship. But but they're excited. It's great to have those players have a chance to be on a national stage before they kinda of start their NFL draft process. I think for for I'm obviously, obviously, a he's a guy that is not going to fit every defense just based on his size and the way he plays, but he won the Jim Thorpe award this year. He's a very recognized yeah versatile um, defensive back that the NFL teams are excited to see. And I would be a very smart player based on the way he plays on, on the football field there had to interview him at the Tribe Bowl as well. And then you added Robert Beal, if you just look at the past, I don't know, five, six, seven years of Georgia pass rushers, it's a pretty good track record. And Robert Beal's going you know, to sit right in line with those guys as well, too. So great for those guys to have one more college game out of their belt play, focus the right-of-belt career at the Triangle.
5: When it comes to Hodges Tomlinson, again, I covered him in high school. So I've seen him and I've seen his trajectory and how he went from high school to TCU to where he's at right now. At what point did he start getting on the, the radar of NFL teams or, or even on your radar?
4: Yeah, no, he's been a radar for for definitely the last two years, but I think just the way he's played this year has been undeniable. You can't watch a TCU football game and not notice. That's why he was up for those awards, why he deserves the awards, the recognition that he did get, because he's able to make plays in all sorts of ways. He can be an impact hitter on the perimeter. He can dislodge passes in the middle of the field. He can be a cover guy. He can be a, more of a nickel safety type of player. He can be really effective in the interior run game, and he's always around the ball. It gets cliché sometimes. There's a lot of comparisons to – Maybe in a slightly different way, but similar to guys like Tyron Matthew, who maybe are a bit smaller, but are constantly around the ball, that you know that, hey, no matter where he's playing in our defense, he's going to make an impact. that if he's used fantastic defense this year, and he'll do it again right off the field
5: too. Talking again with Eric Galco here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So as it gets to, you know, January 4th like it is right now, and the season's about to come to a close except for the 14 teams that are going to be playing in the playoffs, how much conversation do you start to have with either scouts or even maybe GMs from NFL teams about, hey, is there some guys on your radar that you're looking at for this Shrine Bowl game?
4: Yeah, quite a bit, right? So we'll we'll be coached this year by two full NFL coaching staffs. Those discussions will start happening uh, right after the season. So next week we'll start talking to some of the teams taking eyes to the NFL draft about coaching the Triumphs. Those discussions have kind of already started. I think for for you know, by the end of next week about twenty teams will be focused on the draft and no longer the NFL season. So we'll have twenty teams in full on draft mode and, and the is gonna be their first stop on major a major all star event this year to be. And so those conversations have been ongoing all season long, but you're right in the sense that now it's the executives, GMs, the coaches that are more intimately involved in the draft process. And I expect next week those calls to ramp up even more, GMs and coaches asking, hey, why is this guy your roster? What do you guys like about him, too? What should we, pick when we get down to Vegas? And, and maybe also the best shows to see in town while they're here, if we're welcome to the Triangle, too. That's, uh, that's a question that comes up sometimes as well, too. So plenty to do in Las Vegas while we just watching practice from the Bowl.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Again, we're talking about the Shrine Bowl right now with Eric Galco, Director of Football Operations here on Red Nation Radio 920, and that's roughness. damon has got one for you. When
6: it comes to quarterbacks, you mentioned maybe finding the next Brock Purdy. What are some of the intangibles that coaches and scouts are looking for in a quarterback to maybe not be a starter or a star at the next level, but still be someone that can stick around the league?
4: Yeah, so far we have two quarterbacks that we've announced. We've got more quarterbacks than just two coming to the Shrine Bowl, but both of those guys, Aiden Bill uh, and Dorian Thompson Robinson, Abe no kind of look by NFL team, very similar to Jimmy Garoppolo. We expect to be on that same kind of second, third round range as well. And then Dorian Thompson Robinson, a Las Vegas native, mm-hmm. uh, he's a guy that NFL teams, I think, value highly as, at the very least, high and backup. But still, for NFL teams nowadays, we're starting to see a shift away from trying to find the next Josh Allen, finding the next Brock Curry, Taylor Heineke, those type of players, because it's really difficult to find capable NFL starting quarterbacks. I think more and more NFL gets to recognizing, hey, we've got great receivers all across the league. We need someone who's going to not make mistakes for us, be really decisive, be really confident. Someone who's seen a lot of stuff in their NFL and college career. And Brock Purdy, like Doria Thompson Robinson, played four seasons in college and saw a lot of different things. And mentally, and football IQ-wise, was way ahead of most quarterbacks in college football and even some of the NFL. And that's why the NFL needs to realize that now, more than ever, with how explosive playmakers are, a receiver, with how much talent is, a running back, receiver, tight end, et cetera, you don't need to have a freaky talent to be a really good offense. You can have a guy that maybe has just seen a whole lot. I think NFL teams are shifting their mindset there, and I think NFL teams are using the all-star game process, like the Niners and the Brock Purdy, but they interviewed him closely at the Shrine Bowl. Just trying to get a sense for, hey, how quickly could this guy adapt to the NFL? You can find a rookie who can adapt very quickly. A, you're getting a great value of the draft, but B, you know, if Brock Purdy started quarterback at the Niners next year, confidently he's going to make a little bit less money for a rookie contract that Jimmy Garoppolo might be either, too. So hitting on the draft and hitting on quarterback was never a better investment for NFL teams than it is now moving forward. And I
6: know that a lot of players are still accepting their invites, but just what do you think is going to be the position with the uh, most abundance of talent? What's going to be the most competitive position at the Shrine Bowl this year?
0: <laughs>
4: yeah, I think it's going to be receivers and DBs. You know, I would say talking NFL teams are – you know, maybe across the, <clears throat> across the league, our highest-rated receiver is, is Zay Flowers, uh, Boston College. He's a guy that you know we expect to be a first-round pick when it's all said and done. And I think he's going to be you know, a guy a lot of cornerbacks want to go against. A lot of receivers want to press alongside. So I would say he's the top of maybe one of our strongest groups being a receiver. And then I'll, just, I'll post them, too, is the corners. and We've got probably three or four quarterbacks led by Keetron Clark of Louisville and Corey Truss and Purdue that have great chances to be you know, some of the top quarterbacks drafted in the 2023 NFL draft. So I think our receiver quarterback battles, or, I'm sorry, receiver quarterback battles are going to be our best in the league of practice. We've got talent across the board, but I'm very excited to see Dave Flowers against guys like Corey Trice and Keytron Clark, Andrew Davies, Thomas, Paddleton as well during the league of practice. They'll be the two best positions as of right now for NFL teams to go watch.
5: Eric, you had mentioned, you know, some traits in a quarterback position and we've been talking a lot here on Radio Nation Radio nine twenty about quarterbacks and what you kinda of have to have in the league and I'm thinking that there's there's more of a yeah, there's more of a shift these days in my opinion to guys that are mobile and are doing some things with their legs, not necessarily Lamar Jackson like, but they've got to be able to keep their self out of harm's way. How much is that becoming a priority in the league as well?
4: You know, my background, uh um, Prior to taking you know, over the Shrine Bowl, I worked for the XFL, and, and I was the director of player personnel for the XFL, and that was the most important trait that we looked for in quarterbacks was improvisation. And I think that's holding true for NFL teams now as well, because you want quarterbacks who are not going to make mistakes with their easy throws, which probably in today's NFL for most offenses, between 60 and 75% of throws are just timing, get the ball out, get it out of time, make it accurate. You have to have quarterbacks who can make those throws, but the other twenty five quarts at the time, those quarterbacks need to either have really impressive arm talent and or the ability to and improvise. And the improvisation is not necessarily about athleticism, it's about making things happen when the play breaks down, right? Tom Brady can improvise pretty well and he's not the most sweet of foot guys. But I think guys like Taylor Heineke and Brock Purdy were seeing Bailey Zabby did it for the Patriots when he played as well. These guys can extend even subtly those kind of plays. And I think that's what NFL teams are valuing more and more so we value a lot. Um we talk to NFL clubs and talk about quarterbacks looking for for this ride bowl and we think Aiden O'Connell and Dorian Thompson Robinson are two guys that do it very different ways but two guys that improvise at a really high level and I think you will see more and more teams spot value guys that can get out of arms way a little bit and still make plays fast because of the more important traits than just arm talent athleticism big strong athletic at quarterback, they want guys they can have those great but that's why Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen are great at NFL quarterbacks it's not just because they're elite arm talent ability because of the fact that they can
5: improvise at a really high level too. Eric Galco is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. Let's say roughness, and I know that you've been watching college football for a very long time. You've seen a lot of quarterbacks, ones that participated in, you know, the Shrine Bowls, and others that haven't. But uh, what did you ever think of, of Jarrett Stidham when he was in college? When he was coming out of Baylor, yeah. then went to Auburn, and then he got drafted by New England. What did you think of Jarrett Stidham
4: just coming out of college in general? Yeah, I think it's undeniable that he had traits. And the mental ability to, to process things at a very high level. I think he really impressed NFL teams with the fact that he played at two schools and was productive and successful in two very different offenses while he was in college. Right? Similar to Russell Wilson when he came out of NC State and Wisconsin, NFL teams appreciated he played in two drastically different situations and had success. I think NFL teams valued that for Jared it as well too. And, you know, for Jared, the questions or concerns he had on his scouting report, none of them were based around can he handle NFL offense. Breeds and progressions down the field? Did he have strong enough arms? Did he have enough athletic ability? All those questions were already answered. I think NFL teams wanted to see him adapt more and more to the NFL game. But you know, it was very clear that he's a guy that Josh McGill, the Patriots, valued very highly when they drafted him in New England and wanted him You know, in that draft process. from that draft process instantly. They, they definitely targeted Jared as the quarterback that they wanted to have in their team. And I think I'm not surprised at all. I shouldn't say that. I'm not surprised that he's able to have success. The game he played against the Niners was outstanding and one of the best debuts I can remember for a quarterback walking into a tough situation like that. So I think the talent's always been there, and the Patriots believe at the time and now Josh Daniels and and Dave Ziegler and the Raiders believe now, too, that he has not only the tools to do it, but also mental ability, confidence, and the ability to playmakers around him make plays. So talent was never too for Jerry about that transition of the NFL game, and took a little while to get his opportunity, but it looks like the Patriots pretty well to the NFL it is right now.
5: Eric Galko is our guest here on Red Nation Radio 920 on SA Roughness. Just got a couple more questions for you. Go ahead, Damon.
6: When it comes to getting after the quarterback, the guys on the defensive (laughs) line and the guys coming off of the edge, what have you seen change in the past couple of years? Because I really mean the guys up front on the interior, or those guys, I feel like they need to be a little bit leaner and not like the bigger defensive linemen, those Albert Hainsworths types that we used to see back in the day. We're seeing the difference change from when NFL scouts are looking for on the interior and the edge.
4: Yeah, I think it shifts back and forth. I think, you know, some teams see this, this move towards lighter linebackers, lighter defensive linemen as lead into it. Mm-hmm. Right, find more two hundred eighty pound, two hundred seventy five pound, The tackles that can be a little more versatile. Some teams have the other way and say we can be a little more sub package and you know, we do have the ability to substitutes we'll put a nose tackle on the field first second down and, and lighter guys up third down. I think what NFL teams really value though now is a little more scheme versatility. Right, as more and more teams are relying on up tempo in the first second quarter, not just in the fourth quarter with the game on the line. I think NFL teams say, you know, we've got to have guys that can do a couple things, right? Your edge rusher also has to be able to kind of be a spy and they get the for short area coverage. Your linebacker has to match up with running back and tight ends at least a little bit or else you can't get on the field. So I think NFL teams are, are less looking at kind of body types in terms of changing their defense, but more so guys that aren't going to be left on the island, aren't going to be targeted when they are on the field, right? It's almost like the NBA where you don't want to have a guy that is someone that a point guard or a shooting guard could go target on offense every single time and get a bucket, right? You don't want to have your DN be a guy that when he's out there on unfit, it's not going to work at all. So the NFL teams on offense and defense are looking for guys that can play enough tempo They can do a lot of different things at an adequate level and open one or two trades at a high level. That definitely goes through for defensive lineman and the pass rushers.
5: Eric, as we wrap this up, you know, I know the rosters are still being put together. There's a long list of guys that have already accepted their invitations. But as you mentioned, there's there's more still coming in. Has Is there that one yet that you're excited to see because, well, you think that they have a potential to be really, really good, and you just want to see it, uh, you know, in front of you?
4: Yeah, there, there's probably three or four players that will probably announce pretty soon here that okay. are – that are really guard, you know, really good football players. So we're trying to have a couple more guys kind of locked in. We're at 117 players right now. So nice. we're here at the finish line of, of locking our roster for NFL teams. But there are certainly three or four guys that would be surprises, guys I'm excited about, guys I think the NFL team would be really happier in, in Las Vegas the tribal So we have a couple more guys to do there. But as it stands right now, like I said, we've got the best roster in tribal Bowl history coming, coming to Las Vegas this year. And, and first round picks like Dave Flowers will be there as well. So we're fired to get going to Vegas here and just you know, two, three weeks now and and get locked in for NFL teams at the Shrine Bowl
5: this year. Yeah, I'm excited as well. I think Tyquan Thornton was that guy last year for me. Like, I was just excited to see him on that level play uh, in front of the different scouts, and we saw what he did, turned it into a second-round pick by the New England Patriots. The game is February 2nd at Allegiant Stadium. Tickets are available right now, plus we'll have tickets to give out. Eric, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. We'll talk to you next week as we get closer and closer to the Shrine Bowl. Sounds
4: good, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks again. All right,
5: appreciate you. There he goes, Eric Galco, director of football ops, East West Shrine Bowl. At Eric Galco on Twitter, and uh, some nice things to say right there about Jared Stidham, and also talk about the mobile quarterback and how that is, and really not even mobile. I like how he said it, like keep get out of harm's way. Right, and, and sometimes you have to have that ability to be able to adapt. So uh, Eric Galco, dropping us some nuggets. And look, the more and more we get further removed from the regular season and get into the offseason, even if the playoffs are still going on, uh, it's, it's going to be okay because you're going to be talking about the draft. You're going to be talking about uh, what people are going to be doing, what teams are going to be looking for as far as players to add to their rosters. So look forward to talking to Eric Galco the next few weeks leading up to that February 2nd date of the East-West Shrine Bowl game at Allegiant Stadium. As I mentioned, we will have tickets to give out to that at some point. Three sixteen is the time when we come back. We'll get to your calls. Text 702-365-9200. Also to don'tbebroke.com. Text line 69187, keyword R&R. Quick, I see you. We'll get to you. Plus, Heronis Grasso, Clay Baker, one-on-one in the Raiders locker room. We'll hear it next as well. It's Raider Nation Radio 920.
3: You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio.
5: What would you like to see from Jared Stidham this week as the season gets wrapped up against the Kansas City Chiefs at Allegiant Stadium? 130 is the kickoff. Of course, you hear that game right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. DeMond Cotton's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm here at the home studio. Clay Baker over at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. He's in the Raiders' locker room talking to multiple players, including Hirona Sakarasu. We'll get to that in just a few minutes. Also just saw a little soundbite that uh, Hondo Carpenter put out on Twitter that uh, Devontae Adams was speaking. He asked a question that many people have been asking about if Devontae Adams wants to be back here next year, uh, if Derek Carr is not the quarterback, and uh, as long as the Raiders get him a quarterback that he's happy with. So we'll get Devontae's answer in just a few minutes. But let's first go out to the phone lines and talk to our guy, Fargo Raider. Welcome to the show. It's on your mind, dude.
7: Hey, Kevin Lamont, thank you for taking my call. Um, well, I I want to see continuity from Stitty. You know, I know we're on. We got a small sample size, but I would like to see more design rollouts. Also, I've been calling for those all season, and that touchdown to Waller that looked like a design rollout to me, and it worked. Yeah, you it know? Was. I want to see him uh, play against a defense that has some tape on them. It's one thing to play when nobody knows what to expect of you it's a whole nother now that they have at least that game to see what he likes to do, what how he throws, you know, we're going to see how he adjusts to that, you know, and if he's going to be willing to challenge bad plays because we all know that, that you know, that was one of the issues for the last guy. Um, and uh, last little point on the Brady thing, we're not a retirement home, man. The locker room's going to smell like Bengay all the time if he comes over here. And then he just reminds me now of the old man from Big Daddy, you know. What's your five-year plan? Thank you guys for taking my call. You have a great day.
5: All right. Thank you so much, my man. Um, yeah, I, I don't even need to refer to the, the Tom Brady, the big thing. Like, <laughs> the guy's a hell of an athlete, man. He's a hell of a player still playing at a high level. Uh, if you don't like him, you don't like him. That's fair. Because if you um, look at
6: the blind numbers, you I mean, like age wouldn't matter.
5: Right. I mean, look, if the guy could play, he could play. I don't care what his age is, and that's not just because I'm 46 too. I don't. It doesn't matter. I mean, if the guy could play, I don't. I don't know. I don't know how we've all of a sudden became a a a, a fan base that is so picky on everything. I mean, damn! If a guy could help a, help the a team win, why not have him? Like all of a sudden, we have become so picky, and almost like our fingers are in the air. Like there's 18 championships over there at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. There's three. There's three. And I know there's not a lot of Swing knees listening to this show right now that were around when those, that third one happened. I just think it's so funny that we become so snobbish almost that we're like, oh, this guy's, no, we don't want him. Oh, I'd frown on that, that kind of a trophy. And I'm not saying he'd win a trophy. I'm just, all I'm saying is, man, if the guy's wearing a damn silver and black jersey and he's helping your team win, tro- uh, win, win games, who are we to complain? I just want to see wins. Maybe I'm easy. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just too easy. I just want to see wins, man. Talking about winning is a lot more fun than talking about losing. But that's just me. Quick, what's on your mind, brother? Welcome to the show.
1: <laughs> My guy, Q Ball. What it do, man? How you doing?
5: I'm living, man. I'm living.
1: I hear you, man. I uh, <laughs> Shout out to Fargo. Uh, <laughs> you know, Stidham. I just want to see him not turn the ball over. I'm tired of quarterbacks from this franchise turning the football over. I know that the last play was more, you know, put it on Colton or whatever you want to do, but the first one and anything else that has to do with it. I didn't see a lot of opportunity for him to turn it over, so I liked that as well. He played with what you've been talking about all season, bro, urgency. He literally had the team fired up and moving. I want to see more of that. I want to just see him continue to play with urgency, Someone mentioned it earlier as far as, like, McDaniel's system. I feel like we haven't seen that. You know, we, we had a, a struggling guy back there forever, not really grasping and not really uh, doing what he should do. And I want to see him continue to show me what McDaniel's offense looks like. I didn't think that there was much rollout in that offense. I saw a lot of drop back with Tom Brady. So getting the guy out on the edge, those type of things really excite me because the game is moving that way. You've got to be able to get players that can, you know, have some movement in their feet. So,
5: yeah.
1: I'm cool with Jared. I'm not about to sit here and, you know, claim him as the next guy to be the guy. I, I hope we – I would prefer to draft someone. I would prefer to be 12. I mean, hell, he's he's balling still. So, <laughs> I'm very much with you on that point. Um, but, but yeah, as far as freedom goes, I just want to see him not turn the football over and just run the offense and be smooth with it. I also want to see – um The defense continue a little something here just right at the end of the season and play with some heart. I want to see some improvement from Hobbs because I'm super down on him, and that's got me sad as hell. Yeah, hey, be cool, i I let you roll,
5: man. Hey, great call, and yeah, I'm 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 a little disappointed in Hobbs as well. And I know he's battling back from injury, but man, if you're out there, you're out there, and you got to be at your at your at your peak level, right? That's that's been disappointing for sure. I like the point you bring up. You know, don't turn the ball over. And again, I know that you know Stidham was hit. I know that you know Bosa made a play when playmakers are supposed to make plays. And I know that one ball was batted at the line of scrimmage. But I'm not here to make excuses for anybody, right? We didn't we didn't make excuses for anyone else. Or we shouldn't have been making excuses for anyone else in turnovers, right? So let's not make excuses for Stidham. And I'm not talking about you, Quick. I'm just saying I, I agree that, you know, not turning the ball over is, is, is very, very important. So that is something to pay attention to. See how he looks this week against Kansas City. Now, uh, DeMond, are we going to go to the De- Devonte Adams sound here? Or are we going to go to the Clay Baker sound? Which one, have, which one do you have ready? All right, we'll go Clay. Clay and Jaronis Grasso in the Raiders locker room just a few minutes ago. Here's that conversation. How does, like, uh, the DeMar Hamlin tragedy kind of, like, stay in your mind but not on your mind?
8: Oh, man, yeah, it's on all of our minds. I've I been mean, praying for him and his family and um, all his teammates. I, I can't imagine what it's like to witness this down the field. Um, yeah, it's hard. It's really, it is really hard. And um, there's no sugarcoating yet but it's it's going to be on your mind. and. Uh, Hopefully, I mean we were had a great meeting with our doctor this morning, telling us how rare it is, and truly believe, and our doctors, all the doctors that are saying uh, that, it's, I mean, we're definitely um, safe, obviously, to continue playing the sport, and uh, that's really, what, I mean, how, how it's on my mind. Uh, how would you describe you know watching Jared have success in his first time? Uh, we, I mean, none of us are surprised in here, because um, we've seen it all OTAs, he, how he came in here and pretty much being another coach on the field for us with this new uh, offense. And then how he was um, pretty much killing every starting defense in the preseason because we were always uh, playing the starters when he was in and um, and then we're all seeing him during all year long on scout team, um, giving our defense uh, some issues and uh, Giving, give, giving them a good look so we're, none of us are really surprised at all how would you explain the way he kind of described to the offense and helped translate it for people who were new to it yeah it's hard. i mean it's it's one way to get it to get the the scheme from coaches, and then like, or getting it from a player who's played in it for a few years, and just like the getting it in like a simple player term, like for us to to, to grasp the knowledge uh, pretty fast as, as a player. Uh, coaches obviously did an amazing job, great job of installing it to us, but it, it is always a little different from hearing it from a player. How would you describe maybe the changes and challenges of a mobile quarterback and blocking for one? Um, yeah, it's just if if the pass rushers get past the quarterback uh, he could take off and it's kind of nice uh, having that option behind and it's not like DC wouldn't do DC did it as well but uh Jared um just did a great job of having a feel for the pass rush and if it feels like they're the pass rushers are past them He just takes off so proud of him how important is it for you to finish on a high note yeah uh very important um I've seen it before where it's you win the last Game going to the offseason it's, it's, it's a good momentum a boost for the, this team and players around the league uh, some are obviously free agents and get, put some good film out there for for other teams and but uh, most importantly get some good momentum going here for the off season
5: Grasso and Clay Baker from the morning tailgate in the Raiders locker room. Now, before we take a quick break and get to Paloma Connor from Fox 5 Sports, Hondo Carpenter asked the question that a lot of people have been asking. Matter of fact, I'm on a Twitter thread right now talking about Devontae Adams and is he going to come back next year? What's his, you know, what, what's going on through his mind? And we heard right after Derek Carr got sat down, uh, he said the reason that he was with the Raiders was because of D.C. And he didn't really sound like 100% confident that he knew what was going to happen after the next two games. He had a big game on Sunday against San Francisco. He's got this game on, on uh, Saturday against Kansas City. So Hondo asked him straight up, if 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 the court, if the Raiders go out and get a quarterback that you like, do you want to come back to the Silver and Black?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, I I came here. You know, I wouldn't have been here or ended up here um, originally, probably. You know, if Derek wasn't here, but doesn't necessarily mean that I won't be here you know in, in the event that he's not here uh, he's my, that's, that's my boy obviously I got his back to anything I think I've made that more than clear at this point and, and I support him and support everything that he has um, you know moving forward as well but um, you know my, my dream was to play for this team before he was a Raider obviously and at this point I want to you know obviously try to make this thing work and, and continue on doing what I'm doing here and um, you know myself get better and obviously see the team grow and get better
5: as well so what that tells me is if the Raiders do what we talked about on this very show, make sure that they have a quarterback in place that Devontae Adams, Adams is happy with, guess what? Devontae Adams ain't going nowhere. I think it's as simple as that. Now, if they just go out there and put anybody at the quarterback position he's not good with, then he'll probably ask for a trade. And I think that's more than fair. I think he's earned that. I really do. 3.31 is the time. When we come back, Paloma of Fox 5 Sports. She'll join the show. It's Nation Radio 920.
3: It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio.
5: 332 is the time. The question that we threw out there, what would you like to see from quarterback Jarrett Stidham this week as they close out the season on Saturday against Kansas City at Allegiant Stadium? Joining us now on the phone lines from Fox 5 Sports is our good friend Paloma Villacana. She joins us each and every Wednesday. And, Paloma, thanks so much for your time. And before we jump into anything UNLV, I got to ask you, how you feeling about those Horn Frogs?
3: Okay, I wasn't sure what your question was. <laughs> Yo, with Q, with Q, it's like anything. It's like, hey, did you see at two AM that uh, this coach got fired? <laughs> no, 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 no. Go frogs, go frogs. Obviously, man, I'm I'm so busy with with my life and kind of taking care of my mom right now. So just trying to. Um, you know, not attend anything too crazy, but I I really do wish I was going out to LA and you know root, rooting for the frogs, but I got to be back in Vegas, you know, kind of working and just, you know, laying low, but man, I'm so excited about my my, my horned frogs and, you know, Max Duggan, that whole squad. You know, just so happy. Like, literally, like, tears in my eyes on Saturday. Just, you know, so proud. So, wish I could be there, but I'll definitely be rooting from home in Vegas.
5: Oh, yeah, no doubt. And we'll all be paying attention. And I'll tell you, Paloma, as much as I I know guys on that team and uh, pull for those guys, I didn't expect them to knock off Michigan and be where they are. But, man, they're going to be playing for a national championship. Did you think we'd be talking about TCU playing for a national championship?
3: I mean – I wanted it to happen this year as soon as they were, you know, started a little win streak going. I was yeah. like, okay, okay. But you know what, Duggan and that offense is so special. I mean, it's so special. And sometimes you have those those one-in-a-lifetime players like him, you know. we have those one-in-a-lifetime quarterbacks. Um, you know, I, I I know we talk about Josh Jacobs a lot, but, you know, when I was covering Alabama, I was like, man, that offense at Alabama with Tua and Josh and, um, you know, all the guys there, Jalen, Henry Ruggs, I mean, it was such a crazy year mm-hmm. uh, to cover that team. So I know all the media covering this TCU team this year, it's got to be something special and they'll definitely remember this for the rest of their lives, but you know, for a first-year head coach to do that, you right. know, to to take the team to a national championship I think that's why I don't give first-year head coaches kind of a pass, kind of a little slip, like, oh, you know, it's their first year, their rebuilding year, you know. Every year now is a rebuilding year with, you know, all these transfers and this transfer portal. So, um, you know, Sunny Dice is kind of like, all right, we can't let that little, you know, first year, it's the first year with the program, it's the first year with the team. You know, that can't fly anymore, according to TCU. <laughs>
5: right. No, you're right about that. Paloma Villacana is our guest from Fox 5 Sports here on Radio Nation Radio 920. And that segues perfect into what we want to talk about, <laughs> U- UNLV. And we're talk about the coaching staff. And yeah. last week we were excited about Barry Odom and the staff that he was yeah. putting together. And then today we find out part of the staff that he put together is no longer with the team. Bobby Petrino is headed to Texas A&M to be mm-hmm. the OC for Jimbo Fisher. Paloma, what happened besides he got money whipped?
3: I mean... It's just so, like, unfortunate for UNLV. You know, I feel like my phone is, you know, always blowing up with something about UNLV. Um, and, you know, that's, that's just, it just is a bummer for UNLV fans, for Rebel fans, you know, for, for Barry, for Barry Odom, who's trying to, you know, you know, create a big, exciting year at UNLV and get his people in the building and, you know, get, get his players to stay. Um, you know that was a big factor in, in Barry Odom taking over this job. He said, "You know, I need every single one of those players to stay here at UNLV. That's the foundation I'm building with." So, you know, I'm sure the players get their get their hopes up high, fans get their hopes up high. Hiring Bobby Petrino, which was probably the biggest breaking news of 2022 yes. <laughs> in Vegas, this is Bobby Petrino coming to UNLV? But. Uh, big loss for UNLV today, you know for sure with with that name, that talent, that experience headed to Texas A and M. Um, you know, it, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing who Bobby, I mean who Barry Odom, you know, brings over as as his OC because I know Barry's got the defensive side of the of the ball taken care of. But you know, and, uh, just another loss for UNLV and you know for for Barry Odom, not excuse me for Bobby Petrino huh. to be in the building for less than a month. You know, that's got to hurt, you know, Barry Odom and his program, but, you know, we'll see who he brings in. I know Fox 5 is doing a big uh, signing day special with UNLV and Barry Odom and all the coaches. So um, I'm excited to see, you know, Barry Odom's, you know, first year coaching staff and and class come together.
5: Again, we're talking with Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports here on Raider Nation Radio 920. You know, DeMond's got one for you.
6: So what is this going to mean for the program? You just said that you don't grade first-year coaches on a curve. But having to replace the <laughs> offensive coordinator essentially before, you know, as the end of the season when you thought you had the guy with pro experience, he gets guys to the pros. He took a picture with Doug Brumfield. I thought he was the guy, and he stabs us in the back. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> what, what what can we expect I don't I know that like there's probably going to be a surge but do you think that he's going to Coach Odom is going to get a pass with his first season because he's going to have to find an offensive coordinator on short notice
3: I mean what is it like January 3rd January 4th January you know 4th, it's, yep. it's, it's less time is ticking time is ticking and this transfer portal is, is ticking and signing day coming up is ticking. So, you know, having all the right people to recruit, you know, to recruit your players and, you know, with Petrino, you know, you were getting players from the SEC, uh, from the ACC and, you know, you were going to get some big time players, you know, from that side of the country. So, you know, it's almost like, man, who do you, who do you go get now is, is the big question for you and um, and, and that's just what we're going to have to see next. But, As far as I'm concerned, it's like, man, you gotta do, you gotta do some, some homework, some research, some digging now, you know, ASAP. Um, I know UNLV was, was going to hold a press conference tomorrow, you know, of Barry Odom kind of just announcing all his new hires. That ain't happening anymore, you know, because now they got, they got some work to do. So time is ticking for, for Barry Odom and, and this new coaching staff, but. Um, you know, that's the one thing that Barry Odom has, has said over and over again is that, you know, there's a lot of enthusiasm and excitement in his building. Um, there's a lot of brand new faces that, that we're going to have to learn this year for sure. Um, I think only two coaches from last year's staff remains on the staff right now. So uh, new strength and conditioning, new, new coordinators, you know, new everyone. So um, we'll see who, who Barry Odom picks up to, to be the offensive side of the ball um, and, and take care of that because, we know the Rebels struggled on both sides of the ball last year, but, you know, after that 4-1 start, it kind of went downhill for the Rebels.
6: Speaking of going downhill, UNOV basketball, let's keep this train moving. What's going <laughs> on with <laughs> you guys? What's going on, <laughs> two in conference play.
3: Dang. <laughs> it's dang. not a good day. I'm keeping it real today. <laughs> you know what? I might use that sound bite on the red zone. So. <laughs> <laughs> So 0-2, they lose
6: to San Diego State. They were making shots in the first half. They were lighting it on fire from three. But the second half, UNLV, they keep trying to chip away at the lead, a lead that they lost. You know, they should have never lost the lead. But what did you see from the Rebels against San Diego State?
3: Well, I talked to Kevin about just the week the Rebels had last week. It was kind of a stressful week, getting all his guys back in town uh, with the travel and everything. Um, And then, you know, they have San Jose State, who's a really good team. Um, they have obviously San Diego State, which we know is just, you know, one of the best teams in the league. Um, and there there was just a lot happening last week. And I know Kevin was telling his guys, literally screaming at his guys in practice, like, hey, focus, get locked in. I need you guys to, you know, pump up the intensity, like get focused, like get locked in. You know, I heard him, you know just take practice to a whole new level last week. So that was just maybe my concern that I saw, you know, the the Rebels coming out flat in in San Jose and, you know, Luis Rodriguez and EJ Harkless scoreless in that first half against San Jose State. So I was like, man, these guys are maybe probably just trying to get, trying to get under their feet, trying to get the rhythm going, um, trying to get, you know, in, in a groove. And then San Diego State was, was a different game. You know, it was a fast start. It was a strong start. Uh, for the rebels. But once again, we saw, you know, Keyshawn Gilbert struggle. We saw EJ Harkless struggle. We saw Jordan McCabe struggle. Um, and Luis Rodriguez was like the only player out there, you know, putting up 24 points of, you know, a career high, game high points um, but I feel like the Rebels are just a little out of sync right now, out of sync, out of rhythm that last week coming back from the holidays and that was my biggest thing for for Kevin I was like, you don't need to tell your guys to get up for New Mexico, but you sure damn can't play like that against New Mexico on Saturday, you know, they're going to bring it so um, Kevin Kruger told me, you know this, this week of practice is going to be huge for the guys just getting locked in and, you know, showing that intent in practice when you're going up against 21st-ranked New Mexico, um, who, who's really good this year. They're really good this year, playing really confident. Um, they're 14-1, and one, so it'll be a big test for UNLV. And, you know, the biggest thing for them is, you know, for all their guys to, to come out hot, come out on, you know, the right foot and, you know, kind of I want to see the running Rebels play the way they started their season off, you know, 10-0.
6: Luis Rodriguez, he had 24 points against San Diego State. Who is going to be the most consistent scorer for the
3: Rebels? Oh, that's a good question. I feel like, ah, man, Luis Rodriguez has definitely stepped up his game, but then he struggled in San Jose, you know, only posting like five points. EJ Hartless had a really strong start this season, kind of the steady hand, Mountain West player of the week. Um, You know, he has that veteran experience from Oklahoma, uh, but he's been a little off his game, too. So I hate to say, you know, the guys need to find their game as they get ready for, for 21st-ranked New Mexico. But, yeah, I mean, uh, EJ and Keyshawn and, you know, the guys that are kind of the steady hand for UNLV just haven't been on their game lately. And, um, you know, they, they they need to get it straight this week in practice. We'll catch up with Kevin tomorrow at practice and kind of get an update on his guys. And then, you know, Kevin's also been running the season without – Elijah Parquet, his transfer from Colorado, and um, Isaiah uh, Isaiah Cottrell, uh, the transfer from West Virginia. So he's been putting this team together also without two guys that he recruited to this year's program who've been injured all season. So, um, yeah, he, I, but, but I've seen other guys step up, too, like Justin Webster stepping up off the bench, Jackie Uh, johnson stepping up off the bench so we're just gonna have to see that consistency in that fight from from unlv this saturday
5: yeah they gotta they gotta get off the out of the out of the loss column let's put it like that man they gotta get back into the w column start out the season great and right now in conference play zero and two they've gotta get uh some wins underneath their belt to get things going well paloma fantastic stuff as always what's your gut feeling for monday as far as the the national championship game goes georgia and tcu
3: you, baby! What? (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, if TCU wins the national championship and, you know, beats Georgia, because we all know how good Georgia is, too. Um, You know, TCU, but I'm rooting for my frogs all the way. It's been such a special season, and I think the guys are you know you're kind of riding that momentum. You're riding that that special season. But it was a fight against Michigan. I mean, I almost had a heart attack down down the stretch out there. People texting and calling me like, "Please leave me alone, okay?" Right. Yep. Like TCU's going to win this thing, y'all. So,
5: <laughs> and that's exactly why you got no text from me during the game because I knew you were glued in watching the game. You know, it's funny after the game on Sunday, I was talking to uh, Trayvon Merrick in the in the Raiders' locker room, just you know, off the record, but we were talking about TCU in the national championship game, and uh, he. He was saying, "Man, could you imagine if if the Horned Frogs win one?" The, all the bragging rights that's going on in the Big 12 because everyone's always been like Oklahoma and Texas and that's yeah. it. No one else matters. Yeah. So TCU, right. they get to flex on that but then also, can you imagine how great recruiting will be if Sonny Dice put up a natty?
3: Jeez. Absolutely. And you know, when, when I was at TCU we had Trayvon Boykin. We were like number yeah. four in the country for yep. like a hot second and we were like man, we got snubbed. We got snubbed mm-hmm. out of the college football playoff when I was there and you know, that whole team went to the NFL so I was like man you know what this their time this is the frogs time like let's go like tcu go frogs
5: there you go there you go and yeah the tcu did get a snub that year that was the year that Bob bowlsby didn't have the stones to say who the big 12 conference championship right. champion was that was terrible that was terrible right. leadership by bob bowlsby that's why he ain't the big yeah. 12 commissioner anymore don't get me on my soapbox and started on that one i'll get all angry what do you what do you got coming out of the rev zone that we should be on the lookout for
3: yeah, just another great show with Kevin Kruger. Going to be sitting down with some of the players. Obviously, big game, big game in New Mexico. And then, you know, just keeping up with Barry Odom. Like I said, Fox 5 has a big signing day show that we're going to do with the entire football staff. So that'll be an exciting um, show to kind of showcase all his new faces at UNLV. And man, signing day is less than a month. Yeah. Like, what? Yep the heck so right. um, I'm excited for everything happening at UNLV there's just a lot going on and you know we'll see wh- what happens with Barry Odom's new staff and all the, the new players he signs and everything um, it's, it's never ending there's always something to talk about in this city <laughs>
5: yeah no there's no doubt about that Paloma I know when it slows down we're gonna we're gonna have you in studio we're gonna do a show yeah. you we'll do a show and then we're yeah, gonna try to man. hustle our way over to Fox 5 and get on TV with you because that's what we do <laughs>
3: absolutely <laughs> anytime anytime y'all
5: all right. Well, Paloma, thanks so much. We appreciate you. Keep up the great work.
3: Bye you
5: all. See ya. See ya. There she goes, Paloma Villacana. See how it is? Look, I just hustled us on the TV. See how it is, Demond? I'm hooking you up now. We gonna we gonna have to get you a high chair. Isn't that what someone said in the picture that you took at Allegiant Stadium? They oh said, my god. They, hey man they they didn't let you have, they didn't let you have a minute, man. They're like, is that a high chair he's in? That was cold.
6: You know what made me so mad? It was a nice, very compassionate post about it shouting was. out you and Vinny. I know. These guys have meant a <laughs> lot to me. Are you in a high chair? That's why. I, that's
5: why <laughs> what ask, was your response? Ask your mama. <laughs> Get out of here. 347 is the time. We'll come back. Close out hour number two. It's Raider Nation Radio 920.
3: You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio.
5: Got a great tweet from Vice Raider. He said, The best line of the show from DeMon, ask your mama. <laughs> Good stuff. That's from Vice Raider. Definitely appreciate you chiming in on the show. You want to chime in on the show? You can. 702 365 9200. Also, our don'tbebroke.com text line. 69187 keyword RNR. coming up in about 10 minutes. Jason Horowitz, Raider play by play voice. Uh, we had Lincoln Kennedy on the show yesterday. Jason, his tag team partner, will be on in about 10 minutes. Talk about this upcoming game, talk about Jarrett Stidham and more. At 4 o'clock. Got a couple texts here talking about what they want to see from Jarrett Stidham on Saturday. Mailman Raider Max said, what I want to see from Stiddy is to protect himself better. He does have a history of injuries. Also, worst case scenario is Brady joins the Raiders and doesn't win. Carr joins the 49ers and wins the Super Bowl in Las Vegas next year. That's Mailman Raider Max. I don't think you have to worry about any quarterback joining the Niners. They got three of them. Well, one of them won't be there, but, I mean, they got Trey Lance and they got Brock Purdy. Those guys are going to battle it out. One of those two cats will be starting next year. And honestly, (laughs) if if you had to go – if I go with my gut feeling with this, which is what I do everything, I really think it's Brock Purdy. From what I've seen in Brock Purdy, I've seen more from him than I have in Trey Lance. The only difference is is that the 49ers gave up so much draft capital to go up and get Trey Lance, but what has he really done since he's been in the league, right? I mean, he hasn't done a whole lot except for be unavailable. It's kind of the same story of Jimmy G. He has moments where he's good, but I'll tell you what, if Brock Purdy gets a little bit more more comfortable, man, there ain't going to be no spot for Trey Lance. He might be the guy they're trying to trade because, again, what has he shown? Brock Purdy could end up being that quarterback there in San Fran for the long haul. Who knows? But I don't think you have to worry about any quarterback being traded in to uh, San Francisco. Uh, Also, uh, Mark in Jersey said what Stidham needs to do in his final game is to go toe-to-toe with Mahomes. He's going to have to because the D is so bad. Also not turn the ball over and sustain drive and keep Mahomes on the sidelines. That's from Mark in Jersey. And, man, that's it's asking a lot. Go toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes, right? Hey, man, I know this is an elite quarterback across from me. Just go ahead and go toe-to-toe. And, really, that's not what it's about anyway. We like to do that in, in the media. We like to pin these guys against each other. Ooh, it's so-and-so versus so-and-so. No, it's not. Right? It's go out there, operate the offense, do what the coach asks you to do. As you said, don't turn the ball over, don't do anything stupid, and and help your team win games, right? And and hopefully your defense is able to make a, a few plays here and there or, or make a stop here and there, and at the end of the day, when the clock says zero, zero, zero you got more points on the board. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick, talk to Raider X. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother?
2: Good afternoon, gentlemen. Hey, uh, just wanted to find out first, you, you had that interview about the Shrine Bowl. Do we know yet on who the coaching staffs are going to be for that that
5: game? It hasn't been verified yet, but it will be uh, NFL coaching staffs. Yeah, but that would be nice. I was just trying to get insights. This is going to be in Vegas.
2: If we can, you know, Maybe get the, the Raiders staff in there. I don't think uh, Josh, uh, as an offensive coordinator, and obviously as a head coach, has had the opportunity to coach in there. That would be pretty cool to get the
5: insight. Yeah, that would be. That's something we could ask Eric Galco, who will join us next Wednesday at 3 o'clock.
2: That would be awesome. Also, your question about uh, what you want to see about City going forward. Um, I-, I think it's the basic, the Cs, you know, and the- those three Cs are always a consistency, you know, that continuity, and then overall, you know, just to make sure that, you know, he is, you know, he has some cohesiveness, you know, with uh, with the- the- that alignment. Because I-, I think like your your interview right now with Grosso, you know, it's a lot different blocking for a mobile quarterback versus a pocket quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think that what-, what he does is not only, less time blocking and gives them a little time to ad-lib. And then also, you know, it just makes it a little easier. And then also, talking about how Colton Miller was talking on his interview, is that it kind of inspires them watching them. you know, do a go the extra mile, you know, that whole thing. With, and Adams was talking about that little blood-in-the-mouth type of thing, pumps you yeah. up, because, you know, he's putting it out there. Everybody else is putting it out there. And then also, seeing exactly what's going to take place. I mean, this is my, my whole point of the of game coming up. Because it's not only going to talk about Stidham, but it's also going to talk about you know McDaniel's. Because obviously this guy has the inside of the playbook, and now you're going against you know another offensive genius in Reed. Mm. So how are they going to scheme against each other? And also looking at how they're going to change their defense to offset what Stidham's going to do, or what how's McDaniel's going to adjust to what Reed is going to try? And then you know because obviously you're, that's the argument. Stidham knows the playbook. The playbook's a little bit more open. So let's see exactly what they can do, you know, working with this. And then see, and exactly now, you know, Devontae's caught a couple balls in a live game from him, and some of the other players are seeing it. So let's see how that whole works. And, you know, Josh gets a little used to him. I, I guess it, it's a small sample size, yeah. but at least we start seeing that. And then also, I like that cockiness. I like that, you know, I mean, I, you know, I, I love Derek Carr and keeping it, you know, keeping it, you know, very, very clean and keeping it, you know, stand up. And giving a family like like you like you promote a family a family show right, but you know but the thing is he's out there talking trash and you can see it walking to the sideline he, he's talking some madness and you know some guys you know like you said what do you what was that thing you say a little, a little crook in your neck yeah a little <laughs> something, something
5: in your neck yeah
2: <laughs> there you go you know he's got a little something in his neck because he's bringing it and, and you know people are fighting i like he seems like a fighter like like you said he's he's kind of slight. But he's got a little something, yeah. and, you know every team need a, needs a spark. You know sometimes you know you need that spark. It might be a little guy, it might be a big guy. You know I think Raw, well, you know even even Roberson back there, you know he he has a little spark. That little dude is, is feisty, tiny little dude, but he's feisty. <laughs> and you know every, every, everybody plays off that. Even Pyramid, I think that's what they're missing. You you miss those dogs. You miss those talkers. And
5: uh, I, I like that under center. That's my piece, brother. Hey, thanks for the call, but man. I appreciate you. It's funny, man. Every time you said something about meek being little, DeMond was getting angry. Demond's like, wait a minute, man. Hold on. I'm looking toe-to-toe with meek Robertson. Nah, DeMond ain't even standing that tall. <laughs> I got time for one more caller. What do I got to do, DeMond? Let's get the next caller in. All right, all right. Passionate Raider, we ain't got much time, but w- welcome to the show. What's on your mind, dude? What's, what's up,
0: guys? Happy New Year, man. Hey, yep. man. I watched that game on Sunday, man. I was just as optimistic as everybody else, man. But the way I watched that kid on that first throw, the way he won and tucked in, when, not the one where he hit the first plays again, the, the one where he tucked in on the first one to debate, man, the way that kid moved, man, and you go watch all 22 film on that kid, man, he did some things that we haven't seen in a while, and he has them boys fired up to play. Now, we all want to win every game as a Raider fan. That's what we play the game for. But... but That was a win that you can hold your head high on against the number one defense. I don't care if anyone talks about they didn't have no tape on this guy. That's the number one defense against your first time starting NFL, and you come down and played like a man something we've been looking to see. You know, I was on City from the beginning of the year. I know you had good vibes on him. We all know what we feel about what happened. But what I don't like is a couple months ago, Darren, went, in February, he was bragging about this was the right coach for his brother, that his brother needed to have a coach that would let him m- make the plays at the right and he can have more control of the offense and everything. Else. We didn't see none of that. So when people want to cry about, oh, Derek, pour this, pour that, no. This is a business. You get what you pay for, and Mark Davis says, I ain't paying it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I hope you can come out this weekend. I hope we can shake and rattle the Chiefs, because you know we hate the Chiefs. So come on, we can end this year in a victory, roll into this offseason. I'd like to see him keep steady. Whatever they do with Brady, whatever comes in, I want to see him keep steady. I want to see him use that money to beef up that offensive line. McGlitchy on the 49ers is a free agent at the end of the year. Let's go ahead and sign him. Let's get that defensive line beefed up. Let's use those draft picks on that defense, queue. And I'm telling you, even with the 15th to 20th defense, I think this offense can compete and put up more than the 20-something points that they was doing before city took over man i'm all happy over this way i can't complain i can't cry because i know the future's looking bright i'm not knocking josh for what he did in the past plays were there to be made all year long all i can tell people that want to hate is go watch the tape.
5: All right, good stuff, man, good stuff. Appreciate you, my dude. Coming up next, Jason Horowitz, Raiders play-by-play. He'll kick us off hour number three of NSA Wrestling. Before we get into that, though, I do want to ask for call number nine for the ultimate Raider hookup. We're going to get you in to win with that $35 Raider gift, image gift card. All you got to do is hit us up, be call number nine, 702-365-9200. It's Raider Nation Radio, 920.